this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, welcome back. It's Sparky, and this is the Pie Boy Podcast. So I want to recap on a couple stories um, from, or bring up some other stories on a recap of the previous episode of What is Invisible Way and the lesson of paying attention and how that's like a daily thing for me and has been for a long time and something try to be mindful and work on. But my sister, she listened to the episode and she's like, Oh, Sparky, what about this? What about that? What about that time? So I had to at least talk about them. I don't think I have these ones written, but maybe I will because some of them happened after the timeline of this story, this memoir, this part of my story. Um, The first uh, episode one of the trilogy, but... Here they are. So she said, hey, what about that time uh, when you let the the milkshake blow up at grandma's house? And so what happened is I was making a berry, like milkshake smoothie um, from raspberries that my grandma grew in the yard, which are some of my favorite things ever. And in my life to have, but they're frozen. I had ice in there, a little bit of ice cream and some milk and protein. And I was about to mix this thing up and I hit go and it's going, but it's kind of old and it was before ninjas and all that kind of stuff. So I get the bright idea, take off that middle piece on the top on the lid so I can like poke it, poke down with a spoon or something to help it out. Cause like all the big chunks are like getting stuck and then stuff's like getting caught at the top. It's not working. So like, Oh, I've seen that. I've seen like on cooking shows that my grandma would watch and stuff that they do that. So why can't I do that? So I take off the lid, put the freaking spoon in there and like a dummy drop the spoon and it explodes in there. Like the spoon doesn't explode, but it, jams the system and stuff literally flies in my face smoothie the spoon i see the spoon fly out barely misses me i'm lucky that didn't get me smoothie on the ceiling all over the counter all over the blender all over the floor all over the stove that's right next store it's everywhere and i just say f so loud and like you it also made the noise of the getting jammed and like exploding my sister comes running in and then just starts cracking up and like you effed up now you gotta answer to Graham and you gotta clean this up what are you gonna do you dumbass and i'm just like so mad and just figured it out and because i knew i should have been paying attention and she even said he should have been paying attention what happened and I told her, and she's like, yeah, you should, like I said, you should have been paying attention. Terrible. <clears throat> oh, so this one, she didn't mention this one, but I thought of this one. This one's for her. So I was cleaning out my room in high school, and I hadn't cleaned it for a while. I, was re- I don't know what was going on, but I, I was really lazy for a phase, 
which I think we all were growing up at some time with our room. If we could, some parents were really strict and on, or they would clean it because they were so crazy about cleaning or paid somebody who I've heard all kinds of stories, but my story is that I let it go at one point and then cleaned it up. And I had multiple bags of trash and like old stuff, like clothes and things I hadn't worn, like couldn't even give it to Goodwill. It was just trash. For some reason I was holding on to it and also just garbage. And my friends also F my room up and I let them, I didn't want to mess with them, especially Lumpy. He just loved to destroy stuff. And you'll see as we go on with his origin stories and legends coming out. But yeah, he just destroyed so much stuff. Anyway, I'm trying to do this. I probably had a date or something I had to be at. So I'm doing this really fast. My parents are gone. I think it was during the summer. And I take these garbage bags down the hall or down my stairs and I kind of trip, drop them. They go rolling, break garbage and shit that I just cleaned up all over the stairs. And my sister is there again, comes around the corner laughing. And I'm so mad. And she's like, oh, because she have been paying attention. I wanted to jump out of the freaking window. I was so mad, so embarrassed, frustrated. It was all, it just hurt. It was terrible. And I laughed later. And she also told my dad and he laughed. Everybody laughed when we would tell that story after that. So dumb. Should have been paying attention though. Stuffed them way too much. And then, oh, I think I have two. So the next one is one that she brought up. So later, uh, while we're, when we were, or I think she might have still been in high school. I was just out of high school. She was maybe a senior in high school. So this is like two years into college. I had come home and in the summer and we got tickets to see Tech Nine. Tech Nine, for a lot of young people, they don't really know. He's an older rapper, but he's been around for a while and he's been really good underground, crazy, own style, a mixture of all kinds of different styles and eclectic and stuff. Very cool sounds very good live so this is i think either the first or second time i've ever seen this guy first time in portland and i'm so excited and it's kind of a date i'm on a date and we're probably so we're in oregon city i live in malino we're like not easy access to oregon city we're on the back roads of in between malala and oregon city on the back roads beaver creek road and we pull into Fred Myers because they need uh, some of all my sister. Oh, I forgot to say some of my sister's friends are with us and my sister and this girl I was taking on a date and they go in, they need to go to Fred Myers to get something. I can't remember some kind of supplies. And I realized that I forgot my ticket at the house like 10 or 12 miles away and we're already going to Portland and I think it's a Friday so it's like rush hour time and I just felt so stupid I was so embarrassed not only because my sister said her favorite thing to me should have been paying attention case and should have been paying attention Sparky and in front of somebody else, but also just 
the shame anyway, but having somebody else there that doesn't really know you like that, so you'd be a dumbass right away. They probably still think I am one, but that's their problem now. But I look back on that story. It's funny. We I went back and got it, obviously. Um, but I felt so dumb as the two of us drove back in like silence because I was mad. I was going through like stages of grief. I was mad, worried, uh, sad. Um, and then eventually was okay and like turned on the radio and like, it's like, oh, it's not that far. It's not like we got to Portland and to drive all the way back from Portland. That would have been stupid and whatever. And we missed, we missed, I think Andre Nicotina. So it was like rapper, a few different rappers and some like alternative punk rock rapper kind of stuff. Head PE and tech nine and Cottonmouth Kings and some other, like it was just crazy at the Roseland and we got there for head PE and should have been paying attention again. I got hit in the head with a water bottle. I didn't know the song was going to turn, go from like reggae to punk rock all of a sudden. And like a mosh pit just opened up right in front of me. I got caught in it. And then people, I think security guard people are just dumb. People watch you're throwing water bottles. I just got blasted and fell down. It was a whole thing. Should have been paying attention. Then the last one, my sister didn't bring this one up, but I thought of it another time for God. Or as a ticket thing. I didn't forget the ticket, but I bought the wrong day for a ticket for a comedy show for Joey Diaz at Helium back when there were comedy shows still. And I feel like such a dummy thinking of that story. I just can't believe it was. I think we went on Friday. I bought it for the Saturday. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think there was multiple days. I just thought he was coming one night only for some reason in my dumb head. Didn't look. And because we went up, we waited in line, we had waited outside, and actually we were kind of late, we thought, because we were worried about um, how many people are going to be there because Joey Diaz, a lot of people know him from Podcast World and Joe Rogan World. He's like part of that tripod of power. Um, but we saw him. It was really cool. We showed up a little late. We saw him get out of his Uber, and he like said it hey what's up um it was cool and then we waited in line get in there and it's like all right what's your last name i'm like swain and kayla and i'm like no casey and she goes "Mm, it's not on here and i was like no i bought it like i have the i know i have the digital receipt and i'm showing her just in case because i always get worried about that stuff i've tried to pay attention and sure enough sure enough wasn't then i she looks at it it wasn't on friday night she's like looking looking she's like you bought sir you bought tickets for tomorrow night and oh man i felt so dumb because i like i had seen my like kind of a hero podcast hero comedy person i think is so hilarious storytelling hero and stuff like inspiration whatever you want to call it and I was kind of starstruck a little bit and just like, so like thinking about that and I even thinking about the ticket, I just wasn't thinking straight. And I, my wife was like, Hey, so like she stepped in cause she saw that I was just like kind of 
falling apart and ask the person like all right well can we get tickets can we like re- refund it or and they're like no we can't like change it just so stupid it might have only been one ticket i can't remember exactly i know it was like whatever i was doing i think like i had bought one on the wrong date i don't know how anyway they're like yeah well there's there's two more tickets or something but there's not enough room like we oversold or something so you might you have to wait we have to make sure that not everybody's coming there's like 10 people that haven't shown up yet and like the show's about to start the opener's about to go on and blah 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 so we're waiting and waiting and like they're gonna do it and i'm just like down in the dumps my wife's like trying to talk me out of my like pain and say it's not that bad and i just i started to think about the money and i just started to you know spiral and then out of the blue here comes joey diaz again and he pops out of the back and he like sees another like the booker person or somebody that he's seen at helium before that works there and he's like, like it's a bad impersonation but he says hi to him and like shakes his hand and like giggles with him and he kind of peeks through the curtain and stuff and i can't remember if he said hi to me or my sister i think it was my sister and it was just a cool moment he didn't talk to us he's getting ready to go on i remember listening to the podcast and him saying like don't like i hate when fans would like try to mess with me or say tell me that story blah 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 or say something stupid and throw him off before he goes on stage i didn't want to be that guy or person so anyway yeah so it all worked out we ended up getting the tickets about two more tickets or one more ticket whatever it was and we go to the show oh man i was dying though i just thought i totally like lost money then not seeing the show i thought all this bad stuff but then it worked out and it was really funny and i died laughing and made it through but i just thought of my grandpa i thought of my my sister and she was there and she's like case i didn't say it but i'm gonna say it now <laughs> i should have been paying attention she waited because i was this might have been worse than those other times because it was something i really wanted to do it was really special but it worked out and it made it that much better Anyway, that being said, let's jump into a new chapter, and this one's called uh, Living on the Farm, Chapter 28. We moved to the farm with Bernie when I was in second grade. I'm not sure why, but I was excited for the adventure. I lived upstairs with my sister, uh, where the family of 12 brothers and sister- sisters had once lived. Made me think of the TV show The Waltons. It felt haunted up there. The Sanders were a big-time milk-producing farm in Tillamook for generations. The house had to be over 100 years old. It creeped me out, guys. Ladies and gentlemen. It was on the outskirts of town, off Highway 6, where it gets really dark at night. Too dark. Weird stuff would happen out there. Weird animals getting in and out of the farm grounds. We chased coyotes often. They tried hard to find the weak links and the babies. I used to help feed the baby calves with giant bottles of fresh cow's milk from the day's milking. They were feisty little things. 
They were either pretty small and in a crate style enclosure, or they were in a much bigger pen where they ran about and whined for food like naughty little kids. I'd always watch them for a while. I was obsessed with them. They would go over, end over end to get your attention. They're little bug-eyed freaks. They were like dogs and were interested in you like you were interested in them. It was animals checking out animals. It was very strange. I'm not sure which one of us was more related to the other. I remember Bernie was really weird about kids going near his room. It was already weird that mom was fit and Bernie was squishy. A little round, but we loved him anyway. Most of the time he was so chill and a father figure. Other times he was pretty harsh and cruel with punishment. He spanked my ass twice while we were living there. Once for getting caught walking through their room to the kitchen. Their room was attached to the dining room and, and living room. There was also a separate hallway that ran by a separate dining room that looked ancient. It looked like it hadn't been touched since 1900. It made me think of an antique museum. The pictures and other things freaked me out. I had bad dreams about the house. I was scared to go to the bathroom at night. It was so dark out there on the farm at night. Sure, you could see the lights off in the distance, but that made me realize how far out and alone you were if anything happened. I felt like something was coming for me. I wanted to believe I saw and heard things. There was another smaller bedroom downstairs by the antique room, and sometimes my mom slept in there. I would go in there when I got really scared in the middle of the night. I was such a sissy that I would leave my sister while I hurried downstairs, but she was always sound asleep. She didn't have nightmares like me. If she was up and scared, I would have known and been there for her, but I had to get out of Dodge to calm down. I was scared shitless and didn't sleep well out there. The second time Bernie spanked me was because of my sister. I know that that's a cop-up, but she always had this one ace in the hole when it came to getting out of trouble. My sister is a smart, is smart as a whip and knew how to get a rise out of mom and I. Everyone in the house one night was getting ready to go out to our favorite Chinese restaurant in Tillamook with Bernie's giant family that was visiting. I instantly... Uh, <clears throat> Kayla was difficult when getting ready to go somewhere. She would get real bratty about her hair and what she was going to wear. Her and mom would butt heads. My sister would scream and cry when someone brushed her hair. That day, she had been pissing mom off, and mom told Kayla to get lost for a bit so she could get ready. This blew up into a big deal. We were going out, and we were going to be fancy. Bad acting kids would not get in the way. I instantly started giving my sister a hard time outside the bathroom door in the living room. Kayla got pissed and swung on me. 
I blocked her and simultaneously made her trip to the ground. She then looked up at me and yelled, Mom, Casey hit me and pushed me down. Then began to fake cry. Guess what happened? Bernie heard the commotion and came running in and started yelling about us disrespecting Mom. Then he grabbed me, swung me around, and spanked me. It hurt so bad. I cried, but it happened so fast, and I tried to tell him what happened. He spanked me more. He made it clear that Kayla and I were not going to Chinese food with his family. He called me a little jerk, and he yelled at Kayla, but he didn't paddle her ass like mine. He also said he was going to tell his whole family how we messed up. Thanks for the lesson in shame. I didn't see them again for five or six years, and they never brought it up. I would have been embarrassed. That dude hit me so hard. I felt like he did it to impress my mom, like would have make her not be so mad and fuming over some dumb kid stuff. She has always been unbalanced, and no amount of corporal punishment was going to make it better. She tried to play all tough with me, too, after it happened, but in her eyes I could tell she regretted it. I hated being left at home and being left, period, because of her, and this guy had no idea how much that hurt us. Both of us. Mom had been doing that shit for a while at that point, and it would become worse over time, leaving us to our own devices. One time, Mom and I found a huge stash of gummy bears and random old-fashioned gummy candy-like cola gummies and peach slices. We ate a whole bunch while watching some movies we rented. What we didn't know was that they were sugar-free diabetic gummies. We got so sick. My mom and I got diarrhea and were were using both the bathrooms in the house. It was a disaster. Mom laid into Bernie while he laughed at us later that night after he got done doing farm stuff. Whoops, dropped my phone. I remember listening to Brooks and Dunn a lot on a cassette tape I found in a boombox in the kitchen. Boot Scootin' Boogie was my favorite jam. We had barn cats and I loved taking care of them with my sister. We used to make them forts and chase them all over the farm. I also would deck myself out in army gear and wander around the farm doing missions I made up in my head. My mom took care of the grounds on most days. She had the yard and landscape around the house looking mighty fine and stunning. I often helped her with watering and other yard things when I could. At one point in time, there were some farm kids torturing the people in our neighborhood with dumb pranks. The story was this. These farm kids tied a dead turkey to a rope and then would throw it across the road and pull it back across when cars drove by at night. It was nuts. I was deep into the show Unsolved Mysteries and X-Files and other alien stuff, and this made me believe it was somehow related. My mom, sister, and I uh, got caught in the prank three different times. I told the story for a while, and my dad didn't believe me until it happened to him one night after he dropped us off 
and drove back to Portland. He was surprised and laughed so hard when he called me the next day because he couldn't believe I wasn't bullshitting him. One night, my mom sped up and hit the dead turkey on purpose and proceeded to get out of her car and scream at the kids she finally caught doing it. You bet your ass she ratted them out. She put the fear into them as she ran towards the punks and yelled bloody murder. We laughed in the car after. Those dudes ran so fast. She was just so worried someone would crash their car because of their dumb asses. They had a good run, and thank God no one got hurt. We never saw the dead turkey on a rope again. My dad and Bernie were both all-conference linebackers in 1979, but at different levels in their high school careers, and both were number 44. 4A for my dad at Clackamas High, and 3A for Bernie at Tillamook High, a cavalier and a cheesemaker. My dad and I were the ones to figure it out. I had a wrestling tournament at Tillamook High School one weekend, and we found his plaque, Bernie's plaque, in the Hall of Fame by the gym, my mind was blown. What are the odds of something like that? Dad loved it. They also happened to be giant Dallas Cowboys fans. Call them lifers. Small world. Dad still asks about Bernie. They had an understanding with sports, but I also think they both loved my mom and realized that was not easy. We only lived on the farm for one year, but we would visit often off and on until the day my sister and I moved to my dad's in Milano. For years, he was a fixture and co-pilot on many family uh, summer road trips to Flathead Lake in Polson, Montana to visit Aunt Tina and Uncle Frank. Yeah, so I got a few more minutes left, and those are my stories about living on the farm. Um, I didn't put in everything, something that I, I was thinking about this week to make it maybe fresh and interesting is to add things that I remembered as I'm working on these stories and didn't have in there originally when I wrote them as I'm working on them now to share on the podcast this week or in the, in the last week, I've thought of some new things. And one of those things that's related to coronavirus is really weird and the variants and stuff. I had heard this thing about our red in Oregon live about a mink farm that potentially had an outbreak from them and the minks were spreading it as, and people that were working there. I can't confirm all the details, but I read some blurb about that on Oregon live and it made me think, Oh, when I lived on the farm, right down the road from us was a mink farm. And I remember my mom and Bernie, but mostly my mom saying, like, you stay the F away from that place um, because those things spread disease and germs and are nasty and will bite you and all this crazy stuff because we knew the farmer, the people that farmed and worked on the meat farm down the road from the milk farm or milk farms, very creepy. There was all these different farmers that lived in the area on this road, two-way road that ran along Highway 6, kind of in the canyon or the goalie of 
tell them when you first drive in, people say that the cow fields out there are some of the best magic mushrooms and all this crazy stuff. And that people used to also catch uh, steelhead down the way and all this, you know, folklore. But that was right by us. And yeah, the mink farm. Oh, I remember being so freaked out. We had seen him scurrying around the, in the road and oh, you could see him in the cages. We could go by on the school bus with all the dirty farmer kids. I had to sit in the front. I was terrified. My mom's friend, Bobby Joe, drove the bus and was super nice to me. And I was the lat, literally the last house on the way out there. And she would, and the bus would turn around in the driveway because it was big enough for semis, milk trucks to turn around. And she would pick me, or she'd pick me up, but she'd also talk to me at, in the afternoon when I was on the way home from school, I was one of my mom's like party friends and she was our bus driver. <laughs> oh man, it was great. There's all these crazy kids. There's a kid named Garrett in my class that always had cow shit on his clothes and stuff. Cause he worked in the morning and he was a goofball, but he was like a super genius at math. He could do all this math in his head and stuff. Um, anyway, but just a quick reflection on that story that I realize now of like our parents, I can't be mad at Bernie and I can't be bad at my parents for spanking me and stuff like, yes, it was harsh and it's cruel at times and all these things, but it's tough love in a way. And that's all they knew. They don't, they didn't know any better. They didn't have podcasts. They didn't have other access to parents that did different stuff they just knew what they happened to them and what they did and they just passed it on and we dealt with it and i know it's messed up but i had to be tough i had to pay attention i had to get through the stuff it just made me who i am it made me stronger and i'm thankful and i say good night to you happy hunting until next time <laughs>